0: Welcome to Postel's Podcast, where you can learn from our experienced guests and gain new insight on how real estate, your personal security, and living the outdoor lifestyle can strengthen your inner core and bring out the power you need for life. And now here's your host, Mike Postel. Always enjoy speaking with people of similar mindsets, especially regarding personal security. Our next guest is founder and president of the Diamond Arrow Group. Hello, Kelly Sayer. How are you? Hey,
1: Mike. How's it going?
0: I'm good. Thanks. How are you today? I'm doing good. You've been uh, a busy lady. I I caught you on an earlier podcast this morning, uh, live on Instagram, and it's right up our alley of what we're going to discuss today, but it was very cool and, and we'll get into that. So uh, so Kelly, if you can tell us briefly where you, our listeners, where you're from, a little bit of your background, etc.
1: So I grew up in central Minnesota. Couldn't wait to fly the coop and get away from small town, you know, like you'll never see me again. I'm out of here. And uh, did my best to live in many different places, bigger cities, ended up on the West Coast. And I think that was one of the original conversations you and I had because you, I said, oh, I lived off Baker and Bristol. And we, I could recognize some of the areas that through your real estate company that you talk about, I knew exactly where you were talking. So, um, but did end up moving back to central Minnesota to be around family And every winter, I always ask myself why I left and why I came back to this cold (laughs) state. But again, family is a pretty strong pull.
0: Hey, don't say any of that because my family listening will say that's why we don't want to be in Idaho. Come on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but Idaho is so beautiful.
0: Well, hey, Minnesota's got some gorgeous places as well. So. But anyway, I'm sorry, I'm just being a smart alec. but uh, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, that's right. We, uh, we were able to connect through similar mindsets and likings through personal security. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was drawn into what you were doing and I'm going to say this, and I mean this as 100% over the top compliment coming from an alpha type a male. It's rare. There's a lot of women that train. And I mean, when I say train in martial arts and martial arts can be boxing, wrestling, a whole host of. Disciplines and styles and techniques out there, Um, but there's not a lot of women that have their own company that specialize in situational awareness and personal security. When I say personal security, that's personal protection. I've the, when you were on that podcast earlier today, I believe that gentleman has his own. He calls it bodyguard company. We over here call it personal protection, and I've been doing that for a long time as well. So, uh, anyways, I, I, I'm in, I'm I'm impressed by what you're doing. Uh, I think it's super cool, and I have I've always been supportive. Whoever is doing whatever they're doing, as long as it's all for the good and and helping good, good people. And I could care less if you're a dog, an alien, a a lady, a man, boy, child, girl, whatever. It doesn't matter. But having said that, in this type of field, there's a lot of meatheads that get insecure (laughs) or are insecure and get jealous and all that stuff. And I've dealt with that my whole life. A lot of good people, though. And it's like that in any profession. But for some reason, personal security is just it's interesting. So um, I'm saying this and building this up as we dive deeper in here, because I'm sure you've hit some some hurdles and some ignorant people in the way. And, oh, who are you and what training have you done? And are you former military or are you law enforcement or oh, you don't have a badge? What do you know? Or, you know, like. That crap, so uh, that I've actually dealt with in my tenure. So I'm going to be quiet. And uh, I guess let's, one quick thing let's, so let's build up your background. So uh, I believe you're a mother of two lovely young boys and you're married with a stud husband who's, correct. we won't say his name and, and where, but I believe he's in law enforcement, correct? Mm-hmm. Awesome. So it sounds like we've got a good little team going. So do. Well, so-
1: first of all, thank you for the over-the-top uh, compliment. I do appreciate that part of why I started my company is because I couldn't find what the knowledge or the training that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And for your listeners, how that journey started was I took my first physical self-defense class training from an, a female MMA fighter and then a male that she knew who had been a UFC fighter, I believe. Um,
0: which great. which which group? Which because I there's several in Minnesota. Where that depends. Where do you remember? Well, I'd rather
1: not say because it's one okay, of those where I don't I ever. I mean, it was yep. phenomenal. The, cool. the four hours hitting, kicking, targeting all of these great things. I learned a lot, and at the end of the class. The male instructor said, but the last thing you want to do is get into a physical altercation. You need to be more situationally aware. And then see ya. And (laughs) I I did the whole, wait, 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 hold on.
0: Should have started started with that, by the way. Right.
1: We spent the entire time focused on the physical skills
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: we didn't talk about what situational awareness is, which then... I love to study. I love to learn. I love to read. So it really spun me on this journey of well, what is situational awareness? What does that mean? Of course, you mentioned my husband's law enforcement. He is also a uh, retired army national guard, 21 years. So he's got a lot of training and experience in this. And I kept asking questions and then I'd say, okay, well, that works in the law enforcement, in that military world. What about the civilian world? How does that look? Um, And from there, then I'm not a very shy person. So I would just research, do a simple online search. And if I saw a name attached to some type of situational awareness training, I would reach out either by phone or email via LinkedIn, however whatever means I could find to communicate with that individual. And then I would say... I have questions, you know, I see that you're an expert in this and I would love to ask my questions of you. Would there be a good date and time to connect? And that really started the journey. And I will tell you, you know, you say I came up against or in front of a lot of people or had the responses back of, well, what's your background? What's your training? I think because I was so out of the norm, Of reaching out to some of these individuals. They were like, sure, you want to ask me some questions? Great. I also came, uh, there was one individual who sent me back, quite honestly, which I appreciate honesty, said, Listen, I only have so much time. If you could send me some questions ahead of time, that would give me a good head start on so we can, you know, keep the conversation on course. And so I sent my list of questions and I remember getting the response back of, oh, you are serious. You do, you, you have done your homework or your research so that you can ask pointed questions.
0: Good. So you just, sorry to interject, but so there's my point. He had a, he had a stereotypical kind of conjuration of what was going to go down and you totally countered that and surprised him. That's good.
1: Yep. And, and I always give the benefit of the doubt to most individuals is if you are a person who is recognized as an expert in your field of study there tends to be those people who do want to pick your brain for free versus paying you for your knowledge. And so you do, I think when you mm-hmm. get to that point, you need to have a filter to gauge is this someone who is truly interested, has their poop in a group, as I like to say, and is not going to waste your time. It's going to be a valuable re- relationship building moment. So really that I was fortunate in that sense where I was able to get conversations set up with individuals, primarily male, who were in the executive protection space, risk management space, um, self-defense, physical self-defense space, and ask my questions. And then inevitably, as we would round the conversation up and be signing off as I would say, okay, this is great. Where can I go get this training? And inevitably it was, well, I don't know of any training like this. There's training for law enforcement. There's training for the military. But obviously as a civilian, and no offense, especially as a woman, there's really nothing you can do or places you can go to get training. And so what I decided to do is, well while I'm learning, I might as well share what I'm learning and put it out there on instagram on Facebook, build an email list, and start sharing um at about this time, life happens, and you know hindsight is everything happens for a reason, but my previous employer employment came or that employment at the time came to an abrupt end my mentor said, hey, listen, I know you've always wanted to start your own business. Why don't you get that started? I'll hire you as a contractor. You can have you know, a salary. You can be working for me. And then in the background, figure out the business model. Figure out what you want to do with this situational awareness training. And so really, I mean, that was an unbelievable opportunity for me to create the Diamond Arrow Group and work for him which was in a space that I had (laughs) no experience in. It was retail analytics. Hmm. I'd spent one summer working at a mall store when I was in high school. And I prefer to be talking to people versus sitting behind a desk studying numbers. Mm -hmm. But he had, like I said, he had been my mentor. He knew my work ethic. He knew my attitude. He knew that I like to meet people. And that's what he was looking for. He said, I can teach you how to read reports and data and how to read spreadsheets. I can't teach people to be confident in a social setting and create relationships and get people to trust them or to feel comfortable talking with them. So he said, you know, that come on board, we can do this. And it was a phenomenal opportunity because I got to travel to many places all over the world I never would have gotten to go to. I got to meet a whole different group of people completely out of any industry I'd ever been in, you know, kind of that next level. Really expanded my social circle and my knowledge. So it was it was a great opportunity and then when it was, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm burning the ships. Thank you, you know, I'm going to put in my time ta- or put in my resignation as this contract position and it was exciting. It was the spring summer of 2019. Really went out there after it. I had saved up so that we that I could function and and get out there and spend time building relationships. And we all know what happened in winter of 2020. Mm. So, it, mm-hmm. it, but again, everything happens for a reason. Or if you look at it with that attitude and and resiliency, is because of that. I was able to write my book and. I might not have had the opportunity or made the effort or made that a priority to write the book had I not been forced to be home not out training and meeting people. And right. here's and here we are and yeah it's kept going a little bit by little bit and the more I get out there the more I put information out there the more that everyday woman who I'm trying to reach feels like Ugh, some somebody finally talking my language. Somebody finally mm-hmm. gets what I face. Somebody who mm-hmm. finally understands when I say "uh," gave me a creepy feeling or something. My intuition, my gut, tells me something's not right, and I can explain it in a way that makes sense to them, and then validates their intuition.
0: Perfect. I totally gone through that. I've probably taught my gosh at least hundreds of people in 30 years of martial arts. And I've taught a lot of women, a lot of families, a lot of mom daughters, a lot of couples, everywhere in between one foot out of the womb, one foot in the grave, I say. And, uh, and you can see in a lady's eyes or, or a a young girl's eyes as a male speaking. And by the way, I speak in reality. So when I say male, female, that's all I know. So if anyone's listening, having a problem with that, I'm sorry. Just chill out. So um, when I do that, I can see sometimes in their eyes, like, well, this is a guy talking and he truly doesn't understand. So sometimes, yeah, I have brought ladies in. Uh, I have brought my wife in on certain things. And then you can see ladies' eyes open up more. And Mm -hmm. it's like a whole nother respect level. Uh, because I I I'm being cognizant of them and and opening things up more so, so totally appreciate what you just said and that is a hundred percent correct. So, uh, y- y- you mentioned you are writing a book, so we're I guess we're we're gonna jump around a little bit and circle <laughs> back and whatnot. But so the book is it is it called Sharp Women? Did I read that right? You did, okay. correct. Cool. All right. Awesome. And so you are done. If you said this, I'm sorry, but are you done? Com- you're completed or? Or you're yeah, hearing... so the the
1: book is literally, as of this recording, at, just went out to the pre-readers for endorsement, uh, the handful of individuals who offered to help me with that. And it's done being proofread. It's at that design stage. So I have my final design comments, um, questions, or changes to send back one final time. And mm-hmm. then the next thing is all of building up. And, and <laughs> thank goodness for my publisher, because this, the writing the book, I thought would be the most difficult part of this journey. And now I've realized that writing the book was the easiest. And everything that came after I was done writing the book has been such a learning experience and mm. phenomenal that I'm I'm excited for it, but it's definitely been challenging. And I, again, I'm grateful that my publisher has been there to walk me through the process every step of the way. And we're targeting a February 2022 published date.
0: Well, that's right around the corner. Outstanding! Congrats! Thank you. That's amazing. So, yeah. uh, do we, do you have an idea how many pages the book might have?
1: It's going to be around 165.
0: Okay. Cool. So. And it's all around situational awareness, geared towards women, uh, self-defense, that kind of stuff, right?
1: Right. Um, It's so interesting. So
0: Mindset, probably.
1: Yeah, mindset. I, I actually kick off the book with a transcript from a domestic violent encounter that this woman experienced, and she had recorded it because... She was having a hard time getting people to believe her side of the story
0: mm. because
1: her abuser never physically hit her. So right now, times there's a lot of conversation around the Netflix show made, where no physical violence, but definitely signs of a controlling abusive, emotional, mentally abusive behaviors. That,
0: that mental, big time. You just it doesn't have to be physical. Mental right. is huge. Absolutely. Right. So Verbal this woman, abuse.
1: it was, so I put the transcript from part of the call in there to kind of set it up and then tell the story of how her and her ex-husband met because it never starts out with blows. And that's a big thing where situational awareness I see comes into play with domestic violence. And those early warning signs are different. Mm-hmm. and, you know, persistence isn't romantic. Stalking is two or more contacts, which, okay, so if you somebody says, hey, you know, would you go on a date with me? And you say no. Okay, that's one. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. if they keep showing up, they send messages. They show up at your work. They send flowers. Whatever the case may be, that goes into stocking. If you've already said no and, and established a boundary, I'm not interested in a relationship. Mm-hmm. That's where per, it's no longer persistence, but right. society and Hollywood has portrayed persistence as romantic. And to caveat all of this is human beings aren't perfect. We're going to make mistakes in our relationships with the people we care about. And part of building a good relationship is grace, is forgiveness, is understanding. So it gets really muddy and murky when how long should I be understanding and forgiving versus this is no longer acceptable and things need to change. And because that's such a sticky, messy area, it doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion. And when we get so black and white with self-defense, when we get so black and white with domestic violence or domestic abuse situations, why doesn't she just leave? Why this? We have a million questions from an outsider's perspective. And there's so many different layers to that.
0: Well, there's so many, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh no, that's okay. And if you know women who have been, and, and so many women have been in, controlling or mentally abusive, verbally abusive relationships. And over and over, I hear them say later, once they've been able to get out, is how did this happen to me? I'm a strong woman. I'm an independent woman. I am successful at my job or I'm very confident. How did I end up in this relationship with this person? And it's because those subtle little in my opinion, those subtle little control and tactics, which are basically boundary pushing, are easy to dismiss, especially under the guise of new love, new relationship, or we've been together for four years. I'm not just going to end the relationship right now, or I'll, I better give it some time to work out, or maybe, or trusting that that other person is going to change. I promise it will never happen again. I promise I'll go get help. So it gets really hard to have a black and white answer. And really, so my book goes through, talks about Daria is her name in the book, talks about that whole scenario. And then it kind of goes into my belief of what the real enemy of women is and what situational awareness is. And then the, the, the middle chapters are themes. Am I being followed? What's my obligation? You know, that... Kindness versus rudeness. Well, I don't want to be rude. Being direct is not being rude.
0: I I, (laughs) totally jive with direct people because they're generally real. So,
1: yeah, I always used to joke and I never understood this, but I actually preferred people who appeared grumpy or mad or grouchy because you you never had to guess what they were (laughs) thinking. They were very, I don't care. I'm not in a good mood and I'm going to tell you. Um, (laughs) I always said Oscar the Grouch from Sesame Street, you know, was one of my favorite characters. Not saying that that's, it just was a sign to me um, with preferring direct people. And society-wise, if most of our adult behaviors are formed or impressed upon us based on childhood events, than what our little girl's told, be kind, be gentle, be take care of everybody, share, be everyone's friend, be nice to everyone. And that can really inform us as we get older is, okay, but then there's not the conversation of, yes, you can be kind and still enforce your boundaries. You don't have to be everyone's friend if they're not being respectful of you. And so a lot of what I've found in my trainings is women need that validation or rebuilding their trust in themselves, their self-confidence to establish boundaries and be okay with that. Because there are the aftermath of enforcing your boundaries, whether that's at work, at home, in your friend circles, there are ramifications, if I stand up for myself, does this mean I have to quit my job? If I bring this to the attention of HR, what are going? what's it going to be like when I go back to work tomorrow? There's a lot of things that it, it's not a cut and dry answer.
0: No, it's not. Thank you for listening to Postal's podcast. We hope you gained new insights on managing life through knowledge about real estate, your personal safety, and living the outdoor lifestyle. Join us next time, so please like and subscribe to The Postals Podcast. Stay safe and power up.